prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. You know, this show found its roots in physical culture. And that's why, unlike a lot of other shows that you will see uh, that talk about longevity and health span, they neglect the value of extremely hard work and how that changes the body for the better. Research is now proving this. Uh, science is showing that the more muscle you keep into your 60s and 70s, the longer you live. Uh, the, the VA, uh, California VA Medical Center did a longitudinal study uh, that I talked about on my show for the first time probably 10 years ago. It showed that men that retain the greatest leg strength live the longest. So, you know, it, 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 it makes sense, right? The stronger the organism is, the more resistant it is to dying. We, we, that's it from everything from, from a microbe all the way up to us animals. And so, because my roots have come from that arena and I understand the value, I try to get more people in the audience who are kind of middle of the road. They think jogging is really good exercise, and it is, and playing tennis and stuff, to understand the value of upgrading the machinery. And who am I going to turn to to teach us these types of things? A guy who is marginally better at it than me or somebody who's made a living at being strong, being physical, uh, somebody who's made a living in physical culture. These are the people that I want to learn how to be strong from because they know how to get it done right and quickly. And the minute you meet John Anderson in person, you realize that this is what he is all about. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, Paul. How you doing, brother? Wonderful. So I, I was fortunate enough to run into my good friend, uh, Patrick Rogers at the uh, at the Arnold recently, and he introduced me to John Anderson. I'm even wearing Patrick's uh, fat back hat uh, shirt today because I thought we were going to do camera, but we had a little uh, technical difficulty, so we had to back out of that. But I wanted to show him that I'm supporting the fat back hat uh, pro pro uh, program, and so uh, Patrick introduces me to John Anderson. The second you meet John Anderson, the second you shake his hand, the second you stand within his gravitational pull, you feel his energy. The guy, he just <laughs> exudes energy and it's all positive. It's all, he's, he is as nice of a guy as he is as strong of a guy. I mean, it's the truth, right? The minute you meet, the minute you meet John, you feel like, Oh, this guy must be like one of my best friends, right? <laughs> Well, thank you for the kind words. That's uh, <clears throat> that's that's very very uh, that's very kind, Carl. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things that you hit on uh, just in in uh, one of the things that you said that I'm a firm believer in that you sensed was it's all about positivity. You know, you you pump positivity <clears throat> into the universe, the universe is going to pump positivity back. Now, the flip side of that, you throw a turd in the universe, it's going to throw a turd right back at you. Right. And I'm really committed to living my life into just pumping positivity. When I say the universe, I'm talking everybody and everything. You know, I, I tell you that when I was uh, 
you know, I was literally, you look at me now, you wouldn't know I was a fat little boy, you know, and, uh, how old, how old are we talking about? When were you fat? Uh, From the start, man. I mean, I just, you know, my, you know, God just, the joke I make is God reached down, touched me on the shoulder and said, unfortunately, you're fat. You have a whopping learning disability and you have an insatiable love for cookies and ice cream. And that's how I spent the, (laughs) (laughs) that's how I spent, I spent the first chunk of my life. And, uh, you know, that there was right along the way, there was a few people who really, really affected me positively by being positive to me. And, you know, as a young man, you know, young boy, you don't forget those things. And looking back, I realized once I started to climb the ladder and, you know, change my life and started to truly live my dream, I started to realize, you know, there was a couple of these moments that actually gave me the strength to get through some of the real tough times. And I'm a huge believer in paying it forward, man. So when, you know, those, you know, the, the, the people that did for me, now I'm trying to do for as many people as I can. So, I mean, I, I'm all about, you know, trying to inspire people. Who, who were those, who were those, life, who were those three people? But you got, now that you said it, you got to tell me who were those three people that inspired <laughs> you? Well, there was a handful. I would say, I would say, you know, the, the younger I was, the probably the more, uh, you know, the, the more powerful it was. So one, one of them actually was a guy named, um, uh, Kevin Mancuso. Okay. And, uh, he basically was, you know, he was, uh, he was kind of a, you know, the local hero, so to speak, you know, in the local gym, you know, he back, this is back in the eighties, you know, had the killer rods, Rod Stewart hairdo and, you know, he walked in the gym and, you know, everybody stopped and kind of looked and wanted to talk to him. And, you know, here again, at this age, you know, if you took, you, if you covered up, if you, if you could see my body standing there with my shirt off and you couldn't see my face, you would have a hard time telling if I was a boy or girl. Dude, <laughs> dude, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to steal your thunder, but you and I have the same beginnings, but go ahead. No, I, I I had I had someone say to my mother once referred to me as her daughter because my face was so fat and I had glasses on and my hair was long because it was the sixties and she says oh is that your daughter and I literally I I felt my testicles shrivel up and crawl up inside my stomach at that moment and when you put a couple when you put some some young man boobs on the on the boy it looks just like a little girl right no right 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 so there was. So there was Kevin Mancuso, and cool enough, I actually now have a, a chance to work with his uh, nephew, Dominic. So I've been so paying it forward with Dominic. And, you know, then uh, there was another guy that uh, there was, I don't know if he was at Arnold, but I know he was, I saw him at the, the LA Fit Expo named Dave Hughes. He was a little later in my, mm-hmm. my, he was actually, he was, he's a, he was a bodybuilder. And um, again, he was that guy in the gym that everybody seemed to gravitate to. And, and these, both these guys right here, I mean, they literally, um, they, they would come like, literally they would come and, and talk to me just cause they could see that I was, you know, I was young, I was fat, I was scared. I was in there, I was trying. And I think they registered the fact that, Hey, you know, this little guy can probably use a, you know, a little emotional uh, up here. And so they just came just coming to be nice to me, you know, it was just like, it was just such a positive thing in my life and things like that. You don't realize sometimes, you know, especially like where I'm now in my career, you know, when I meet a young person, 
you know, I, I always really take a deep breath and realize, hey, you know, this this possibly could be one of those moments for this for him. Young person. Well, her, right, exactly. Really, I really try to make sure that I take the time, and it's not just, hey, you know, how you doing? I, you know, if, if you, you know, when when you talk to a young person like that, and you ask them a question, you listen to the answer, and you respond to what they said. Now you're stepping into their world. And that to them is just amazing. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, they want to ask questions about you, but you want to know something about them. It turns the tables around, you know? And so long and short of it, one of the things that you said in the opening there was that you felt the positivity, and, and I'm so glad, you know, especially on an expo like that, there's so much going on. And, you know, sometimes the, the energy out of somebody can be a little muffled with, with all of the, the noise. Reaction. So the I'm noise. Really, yeah. really happy to hear that you can feel that. Even you know, so we were right in the heart of that expo too, brother. You yeah, <laughs> and, and and you know, it's it, it, it's interesting too because um, I've I talked on my show a couple years ago with Brooks Cubic that just the way there are different classes and groups of of canines. You know, you've got working animals, you've got the teacup, little fufu animals, and and there's some of us who actually come from genetics that predispose us to be working group humans, right? If that, like, if there was a, if there was like one of those charts with the, with the with the tree branches showing the different dogs, and you know, these are the working dogs, and these are not the. It's like most of us listening to the show, including you, would line up on the working dog side of of the genetics because it's clear that while you were a, a fat kid because of the circumstances that you know your life was 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 handing you and you were satisfying him with food, which I did the same thing. My my father said to me, "Carl, yeah. we're gonna have to buy a cow." I was drinking a half gallon of milk a day, like before I was <laughs> I, I was two hundred I was two hundred twenty pounds at twelve years old, and it wasn't muscle. It was all fat. So, but anyway, so, um, I think that those of us, we, some of us, you know, we, we have strong backs. We come from laborers. I got to believe that you've got that Viking blood in you because you, you, yes. you clearly have amazing friggin' genetics and, and you didn't, you didn't, you've milked them. You've used them. You've exploited them. You've yeah. like taken them for every ride you could. Well, you know, that's one thing that I really, I love that. That's one thing that I want to, you know, definitely put in the air, you know, for sure is the fact that um, there's no question my heritage is Nordic, you know, with S-E-N in my name, Anderson, instead of S-O-N, Anderson, you know, and I traveled a lot with Strongman, all of the Nordics registered with my name. They all, it's just, it was like, I, I, they knew that was my homeland. And right. I don't really know, Trace and my, where, where we came from, whether it was, you know, whether it was Norway or, or, you know, if I'm Dutch, but it's up in that Nordic region for right. sure. Right. And, one of the things that I that I tell people is they look at oh man you got great genetics I'm like oh my god if you look at my family look at my whole family tree there is nobody I mean I mean I wasn't I was not given any gifts but to be honest the biggest gift that I was given was basically you know God tapping me on the shoulder and telling me you're fat you know have all these problems and keep in mind all of those problems as a youngster was my blessing because. I learned to over. I learned to start overcoming large obstacles, as just as a means of survival in that early years of my life. And so, then when it comes down to okay, in life we look at all these challenges in front of us, and some of them seem daunting, some not. Well, when you're used to dealing with 
you know, getting your pants pulled down in the main, the main hallway of school or getting stacked on the lockers and had your shoes tied yeah. together through one of the loops so you couldn't get down yeah. or somebody spitting a huge loogie on your face, you know, and here, so any of these things happen and I literally just cry like a, cause I'm a, even to this day, I am the biggest mama's boy on the planet. But in those days, oh my God, anything bad happened to me, I just folded like a chair, which made me even a bigger right. part for both. Because then, the then, you'd be, then you would beat yourself up for not standing up for yourself, and you would think about, wow, I should have done this and I should have done that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then and you, and tort- so, you torture and yeah. yourself. You torture yourself then. And so when you start to, when you learn to overcome obstacles so early in life, then when you get into, you know, one of the biggest, here again, like I said, my biggest gift was, all of the all of the, the, the deficiencies, so to speak, that I had as a youngster. But then, what makes it that much better was that I w- it basically led me to learn how to overcome big obstacles. And that's what, if you really break it down, you know, life, getting where you want to go in life, raising kids, it all comes down to basically negotiating what's in front of you. Right. It's, it's just in a million different formats, and so. You know, the, like I said, the biggest blessing I had was that rough start to my life. And, you know, then as I get older, you know, I, I've been always from the, I can't even remember a time when stepping outside of my comfort zone was difficult because I was forced outside my comfort zone every day for the first, you know, 16 years of my life. Right. I mean, it was a guarantee. It even happened in my neighborhood. Hell, only even in my own home, my stepbrother was giving it to me. You know, so. right, right. You would get yeah. So there was no, there, you there, yeah. there was no, there was no safe place for you at that point in your life. No, yeah, and, and that's the biggest blessing. So when, so when did when did so, so when so when well, you started real quick, Carl, okay. so the thing about genetics. So that's where I wanted to lead this back to is the genetics. So the fact that I can get outside my comfort zone, I have taken what you might think is great genetics and literally just built what i am and and it's because i get outside my comfort zone I, it's a mantra now every day i want to scare my scare myself somehow i want to get outside my comfort zone somehow because that's what makes me grow and so people say oh genetics oh this that no it's genetics are lots helpful, of people of lots of people lots them, of people die with great genetics and don't and never never knew it because yes, you have to exploit exactly. them you have to find them right 100 percent. and if you don't for any of you out there listen if you don't have great genetics don't hide behind that because i guarantee you you don't have to have great genetics to be great at anything because just like you said the person that has all the gifts if he doesn't actually adapt to the work ethic and getting outside of a comfort zone, the guy that has the ability to do those two things will chew up the guy with the good genetics every time. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. Um, so let's talk about uh, getting back to uh, uh, Kevin Mancuso and some of these other people. So now you're at yeah. the gym. You're starting to train, right? And and yeah. how, and, and so – What's changing that's making you say, man, I really like doing this? <laughs> well, I, I, so then we kind of go into, um, so I'm here again. I'm a fat little boy, and, you know, I'm, I'm uh, basically setting up to watch a movie. You know, I've got um, my dad had given me. Uh, a movie called Conan the Barbarian. I had no uh, idea what it was. Arnold started no so Ar- Arnold started so many careers, didn't he? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh yeah! And so basically, you know, keep in mind 
this is a movie where I'm not just sitting on a watch. I'm lining up all the garbage I'm going to eat on the coffee table. That's more, far more important in the movie. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. And so all of a sudden the movie starts, and, I, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to the movie. I was just loving this, you know, this literally this sugar orgy I was having. <laughs> and then all of a sudden a part of the movie comes on where, bam, you get the first glimpse at Arnold. And I let my mouth stop chewing. My mouth came open. What was in my mouth probably started going down on my shirt. <laughs> I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't even, didn't even want the rest of junk. I was so moved. Now, unfortunately, that, that one instance didn't stop me from eating crap all the time. It just, that was my first experience with being so moved in my, I'm talking not my stomach, not my heart. I'm talking my soul. Something shifted in me. I was like, also, my life had new meaning. I right. knew that's what I was going to do. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> which made all of my deficiencies that much worse because at least what I, all of my deficiencies, I didn't know what I was going to do. I could just kind of wallow in my own crap. <laughs> now, wallowing in my own crap, you know, I knew it was not going to give me where I wanted to go. So I just started at that point. I just started literally you know the the best analogy would be I just started throwing darts at, into a into a dark room, just hoping I was going to hit something that was going to give me the signal I was on the right, on the right track. So I started going to to actually I was too young to go to the gym at that point. My dad got me a weight set, the little you know little ones with the sand you drop it. Yeah, and it breaks. Yeah, drink. yeah, the pla- plastic the plastic <laughs> yeah, covered. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I started lifting weights, and but keep in mind. I had no control over food. I had, didn't even understand how bad of a problem I had with food until I tried to start making a change. So, you know, food plagued me all the way until I was in my mid to late 20s. And we'll get into that later, but that's a definitely a great part of my story. And can I help lots of people with that currently? But anyway, so as soon as I just, I mean, I just started, I'm, TV was our only real way of getting information. We didn't have, internet wasn't there. I mean, cell phones, never, they weren't even invented yet. There was, there was no access to information. You know, there, so TV was always like, you know, eat wheat, it's healthy. Well, to a kid, I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got to eat wheat. Right. So I'm just like, I am literally like chewing down loaves of wheat bread, thinking that's going to build muscle. Little did I know, it was just making my tits grow. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And so, but so literally from that mo- from that time of, of being moved by seeing Arnold for the first time, all the way up until I started until I had my first discovery just accidentally of high levels of protein. I was literally just every time the you know the the commercials change. You know, it, you know it was first it was eat wheat, then it was milk, and they're always it's basically they're they're just they're advertising. Right, and they make it. They say this is health. So I'm just every time I see someone, oh, mom, I gotta I need eat milk that now. I need that. I right. need milk with my bread. You know, right. and, and right. she's just looking at me like this kid's off his rocker. You right. know, <laughs> later, later she told me she goes, you know, when you first decided to buckle down and try to you know figure this whole thing out, I saw how con- I saw the conviction, and she said all I could think was. Is I hope he wants something good with his life because I can see now what he chooses he's going to eventually get. And right. If he's bad, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right, because because you because you could you had the ability to become very narrowly focused and driven in one direction, yeah. and that's a talent in and of itself. 
So, okay, and so that's what that's what that's what the that's what all of the hardship of my early life gave me the ability to do. Because when I was protecting myself mentally, I would that's what I would do. I would focus on food. I would focus on you know, block everything out. And now I finally learned to start using this to my advantage, just like you're saying. So, you know? so, 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 it, if we fast forward to today, you have had the titles of and still do. A professional bodybuilder, a professional wrestler, professional strongman. So these are all strength-related uh, sports. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you've overcome that fat kid. You're not that fat kid anymore. You're clearly uh, somebody who has allowed himself and driven himself to exploit his ability to build strength uh, and look a certain way. And now you are looked to as a coach. Because you have done all these things, uh, but you are also quite cerebral about it. You you think about what you're doing. You put a lot of thought in, and yes. you develop yeah. what you call yeah. the deep water method. Which, when you told me deep water method that day, I'm thinking to myself, "Is this guy like a underwater demolition guy from the seals or something? Like what? I don't think I'm going to be able to get my audience to go deep water swimming." And you were like, "No, no, no, no. You know that moment. So tell the story. How did how did you?" conjure up the idea uh, that and, and I'm a huge proponent of risk by the way and something you said before about risk uh, uh, and being scared Dr. Melinda Watby came on my show five years ago and talked about a book called of Doves Diplomats and Diabetes and he shows the evolutionary gifts that risk actually imparts upon the body with nutrient partitioning that what you know that that we had to overcome fear in order to venture out of the cave and look for food because we yeah. may end up being food. That risk, yes. that risk triggers peptides in the brain that when you finally do get food, it has a propensity to put on muscle and not fat because the body needs to super compensate for the next time you come up against this risk. And so well, Lynn Watby has a whole article in this scientific book about exploiting risk. Now, those of us who train hard and heavy, and I will again, now that my, my foot is better, you know, you, when you, when you get that bar across your back and you're lifting what is considered superhuman weight, you know, you're, you're, you, you feel a ton of risk. Am I going to blow out a disc? Uh, you know, when I get down in the no, hole, will I be able to get that. back? Out? You know, you're, you're, you're all freaked yeah. out. We're all freaked out. That risk has a place. So talk about deep water training, because it's really about putting the risk back into the game, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, so for kind of for kind of shit to giggles, I'll tell you that how the name was was actually came about. So it was in my strongman career, and uh, one of my training partners, you know, had all these different training partners um, that were like I had an Olympic uh, Olympic lifting specialist, and I trained with him on Thursdays. I had a powerlifting, so I always went to have a person who specialize in each different discipline because strong is all these disciplines put together. I needed somebody who was technically at least technically better than me. You know, if they weren't stronger, that would be great too. But I needed very least, I needed somebody who was better than I was at the discipline, maybe not stronger, but better. So anyway, Yasha Faye, still one of my great friends today. He was also at the Arnold. He's got an Olympic, uh, Olympic lifting team. He was basically, I brought, I said, hey, dude, I said, I need you to, to be my coach and training partner on Thursdays. 
I need to really get some of this technique down because it can really help in strongman competitions. He's like, oh, he, I mean, he's a true strength enthusiast, loved it. So one of the things that in strongman, you know, it's not just, okay, clean this weight once and put it over heads. How many times can you do it in 60 seconds? And so Yasha was a purest Olympic lifter, so he's talking about just doing like a lot of reps for Olympic lifters, three. When we started training together, he got me up to speed the techniques. I was like, okay, now I need to do this as many times as I can in 60 seconds. And he's looking at me kind of cross-eyed like, what in the hell is this all about? I said, this is the sport, dude. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I start jamming, and, you know, about 30, 40 seconds in that sucker. And I would always over, I would train time limits hard longer. So I'd usually go 75 or 90 seconds because in the older days of strumming, 90 seconds is pretty common. Today, 60 is much more common. But I'd always train a little 15 seconds more than the time limits I was training for a competition. And that 30, about halfway in, <clears throat> you could see that I was out of oxygen and I was literally surviving on oomph. I was surviving on the will to succeed. And he would see that look in my face, and his, his phrase would be, he's in deep water. And so that's where the phrase came from. I knew that when I heard that, he could recognize by physically who I looked that I was looked like I was in trouble. And that's where the work began. And so when, uh, when I started to, when I started to, uh, you know, to help people, um, coach people, you know, that's, I thought, well, God, you know, if there's any one thing that I can really help people with, it's, it's helping them learn to, you know, get over these humps, get over these barriers. Well, like you said, like you said a second, like you said a second ago, right? It's it, you, you have to feel a sense of discomfort. Now you, you don't have to through, th- th- uh, threaten your life, uh, by doing something yes. stupid, but Getting yeah. and I, I so this is something that I'm a firm believer in, and quietly in my mind, I've always looked at this when I was training. But I've always trained, and when I started to worry, I really very I paid attention to my body. But that is where I felt like the magic was going to happen. So I would try yeah. to continue on mm-hmm. and keep myself my composure, keep myself controlled, stay stay keep my form good. But the reality is, I've always said. And I've said this to people in the gym that it's that like stopping at that moment and not going on maybe one or two more reps is like paying your mortgage for like 29 and a half years and then defaulting on it. Listen, I totally agree. Let's just pretend use around figures. You did a max set of 10 and the 10th rep was literally borderline failure. Most people are going to back out there around seven. I tell people, look, getting that last, two reps that's worth more than the front seven put together right right you know? and one of the things that you just described that i that i you, you kind of you you put it into a, a deeper format of wording is i tell people look you got to understand one simple concept if you are scared you are willing to do what you will not do when you're not scared and being scared is the easiest way to get yourself out of your comfort zone just like you described yeah, no, I know, and in fact, I'm I'm looking forward to squatting again by the end of this year, and I'm being realistic because I am 61. I'll be 61 this year, so I I don't I don't have any more opportunities to break something and and wait for a, a surgery again. But when I do squat, one of the things I love to do the most is after I do that last rep, I wear the weight until my heart rate comes down. 
And I do that on purpose because I want to get that friggin' weight off my back as quickly as, a po- as possible. And so I stand there with the weight. I let it bear down on me. I feel it. And I monitor my heart rate. And just when my heart rate starts to turn around and starts to come down, that's when I take it off my back because I feel like doing that is one more step into the danger yeah. zone for me that I can control. I can control that. Yes. But, but my body, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you said before, you know, most, most guys train to 90. I try to train to 15 seconds more because you know that if you can get that 15 seconds more out regularly, then the 90 is going to be a piece of cake when you're in a competition. Yes. Oh yeah, that's exactly. I mean, literally, one of the things I was known for in my strongman career was being in great shape. And the people that I coach in strongman, literally, an event will finish and they'll walk away, and the people in their group that they were competing against for that event will literally still be on the ground, and they're and my people never even take a knee because they are so prepared. Uh, a contest, a lot of times, you know, when a contest is over, say on a Saturday. Yeah, way I train them on Sundays. They're like, "Hey, let's train them." I said, "No, you got it. Your central nervous system needs a rest. You got to take tomorrow off." But my training that I put them through is far worse than the contest. That's right. what makes them successful. Right, right. You know? and, and we're going to take a break. But those of you listening to the show right now, if you go to John J O N hyphen Anderson A N D E R S E N, you can get a copy of the Deep Water Training Method for free. And it's really yeah, good broke, stuff. Baby. It's really good yeah. stuff. And if you can, if you, if you can pull one thing out of that book that advances your training, and you will find more than one, but if you can pull one thing out of that book that will advance your training, then it's worth it to read it. It's a fantastic book. John-Anderson.com and get the Deep Water Training Method ebook for free. We'll be right back with more of Superhuman Radio. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Did you know that the U.S. Department of Health actually patented cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants? So, clearly there is promise for CBD to help with a variety of issues. HEMP's U.S.-grown CBD system is fully tested for purity and safety. For daily balance, HM has the best tasting CBD tinctures available. Their Super Breath Blast delivers near immediate relief and relaxation while on the go. And for your muscles, joints, and temples, the Magic Balm works wonders. Relax and feel better naturally with the HEMP CBD system from HEMP.com. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. 
Sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining health and longevity. And in today's environment, with all the artificial light we're exposed to, there is nothing more important to use to protecting your sleep than blue blocking glasses. And there's only one blue blocking glasses that I will trust ever, and that's Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you go to the website blueblocks.com and use the code SHR15, you'll save 15% off the single best blue blocking glasses in the world because you can wear them comfortably and still function. Watch TV, work on your computer, but it blocks all of the important blue and green light that has been responsible for shutting down melatonin production and causing people to sleep poorly. Don't waste another night of sleep without wearing blue blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X, tonight. Put them on at 7 p.m. and you'll be asleep by 9 p.m. and you'll get the best night's sleep you've ever had. If you've never used them before, you are missing out. Blueblocks.com. Use the code SHR15 to save 15% off. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See Eye Drops. I've been using Can-See for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using Can-See Eye Drops for 11 years now, and I credit Can-See Eye Drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See Eye Drops improves the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. <clears throat> Welcome back. We have a real superhuman on the show today. And that's John Anderson. He uh, holds, he has worn the titles and still does, a pro bodybuilder, professional strongman, professional wrestler. I want to talk about your wrestling career a little bit, but I don't want to, I want to finish up with the, the deep water training method for a minute. So obviously, yeah. Yeah. obviously, um, this is a, this is a very, would you say this is an, an advanced approach? Do you think that you need to be in some semblance of, of shape in order to do this or can, and a, can a newbie use this program? Well, that's a great that's a great question, Carl. <clears throat> in my book, uh, in the, for those of you that went and got the download when we we're at break, you're going to see in that book. There's everything from you know, you know, embarrassing stories of me from the front end of my life to inspiring stories later. But then it also goes into beginner, intermediate, and advanced training protocols, along with <clears throat> a very generalized diet. So. Pretty much anybody that picked up the book is going to have some pretty serious success. It's very, very weird. One of my, literally one of my, and I attribute this to a lot of my success, is I truly focus on simplicity. I try to focus on the things that are going to truly make the difference and not get, one of my phrases, don't get lost in the details. Don't get lost in the little things that are not going to really help you get to point B efficiently. And simplicity, when you focus on the simple things, that is most cases going to get you further down the pipeline faster. And so you're going to see just how simple, even in the advance, my program is simple. Now, it's more difficult for sure. So on that level, it's, you're, it's literally designed for everybody. Now, <clears throat> the book is literally like the first version of me bringing that philosophy, my training philosophy, to the people. Mm-hmm. Since then, it, it has developed so, so much. Because at that point, 
that was basically me developing that program, you know, on myself. Right. And, you know, that, like, that book was published at the point where I had not turned pro bodybuilding yet. So since then, there's been a whole, you know, new career in my life that I've taken a whole bunch of. So I guess the simple thing is the 2.0 of deep water is, I mean, is like, keep in mind, the book's going to help everybody, but the the 2.0 is mind-blowing how fast I can make changes for people. I'm not kidding. I mean, literally, people are so accustomed to, you know, busting their humps with cardio and, and eating the, you know, restriction and all this stuff. I can literally peel body fat off somebody. They will never be hungry, and they don't have to do a single minute of cardio. Now, if they enjoy it, I say go do it. But I don't, that's not required. I literally can take the new deep water method, make, take anybody, any level of body fat, lean them out. I can put anybody under 10%, never be hungry, 90 minute cardio. And that's pretty much a guarantee. So, so, the, the, so, the, so you, you, you're also giving them, now obviously you and I both know that, that what's done in the gym is the first domino, but what you do the rest of the day with your diet and your sleep. Yes. That really is, you know, that that's the magic. So you're teaching people how to eat as well. Yes, and really, here's here's the so in 1.0 of Deep Water, the book era, I had not really developed this new technique. In basically, it's it's very very simple, but it's hard to understand. So most people have never really wrapped their brains around something like this. The body lives in two modes. You'd actually touched on it earlier. It lives a in, either A in survival mode or it's going to live B in the mode of thriving. <clears throat> when I take someone, I can look at someone and see if they're in survival mode or if they're, or if they're in the mode of thriving. Survival thrives very easy to spot. The person that's in survive will he'll be overweight. He'll be tired. He, he won't have a vibrance to his appearance um, because his body is in, in this conservation mode probably for decades. Mm-hmm. which means every time it eats, it doesn't really burn it all for fuel. It stores a bunch of it because it's scared to death when it's going to get its next batch of nutrients. Now, I'm not talking about when it's going to get fed next, when it's going to actually get fed nutrients. So <laughs> there's a big difference there. People don't a lot of times connect those dots either. But once I take somebody, <clears throat> anybody, young or old, and I basically use my methodologies to get their bodies from survive to thrive, now the body's like, okay, I have the nutrient value I need. It's on a schedule. Hydration's on a schedule. Because of those two things, you start sleeping like a baby. You've got the three it's, it's literally at that point, the body's like, okay, well, I don't need to store anymore. Let's get rid of this 50-pound backpack of fat. It just starts dumping fat. All the while, if the person is following my training protocol, they're getting stronger. People are so blown away when... I can rip the body fat off them and they can gain strength at the same time, which clearly means they're building muscle because everybody's trying to, most coaches out there are trying to take a circle and jam it into a square hole when bodies are not like that. Everybody's shape is different. And when I engineer my program to the exact shape of the person, it just slides right in there and you don't have to hold it because it's, it's designed to fit in there. And at that point, the void is filled, and the body's like, once it's thriving, <clears throat> once I put somebody in, into a mode of thriving for two, three months, the body is going to fight 
like hell to stay there. Let me give you an analogy. Survival is like living in poverty. You know, mm. thriving is like living your dream. Right. When you finally get to yeah, you don't dream, you don't want to go back fight. to poverty. You're, <laughs> you're right. fighting tooth and nail. Your body will fight tooth and nail to stay there. I mean, <clears throat> once I get people to where they want to go, it's like I tell them. I say, look, that weekend trip, that week vacation. As long as you just do the best you can to try to keep nutrient value coming, your body's going to say, look. This is different, but I'm not going back to poverty. I'm going to hold on here as long as I can. Then when they get home from their trip, two days on their plane, they're like, oh, my God. Everything just snapped back into place so quickly, partially because it didn't really go that far away to begin with. But secondly, you've given your body a reason to fight to be in that spot where it feels good. And so having a good – most people come to me to to get a great physique, and I tell them, look, we're going to get you a great physique. That, that's, that's in the mail. It's coming. You can't stop it. But it's nothing more than a positive side effect of me getting your body into the mode of thriving. At that point, it's going to do whatever we want it to do. There's no resistance. It, when it's in survival mode, it fights every step because all it wants to do is sit still and conserve. Right. And that's, that's actually an evolutionary edict. I had, I had, 100%. yeah. I, so we, we talked about the history of the, the story of the human body with Dr. Daniel Lieberman on my show a few years ago. He's a Harvard trained, uh, uh, anthropologist. And, and he said, look, we're programmed to consume energy and, and, and reserve energy at the same time. So really what we want to do is we want to eat and sit around because that way we're prepared for when there's no food available. And he said, you know, if you put a, if you put you have two coconut trees in a hunter gatherer population and you put an escalator to one of them, they'll stop climbing the tree. They're not stupid. They yeah. won't because oh, because yeah. it's like, oh, now I can have easier without burning any calories. This is going to be good. Yeah. So we're we're actually programmed for that. And you know something interesting too. So with all the intermittent fasting becoming the new craze, and the ketogenic diet becoming the new craze. Uh, Del Musa just posted uh, last week in his Subversity blog, and if you haven't heard of it, it's S-U-P-P-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. Uh, Well-done research article about the benefits of eating multiple meals a day. And back 20 oh, years ago when yes. I first started learning about training and diet, and everybody was eating multiple meals a day. And what we knew back then was that if the body was in a fed state, it thought the world is good. I'm living in a world of abundance. I don't have to store body fat because it appears that we're never going to have to worry about starving because this guy's eating six times a day every day for the past two years. So let's get rid of all that body fat. And that has been yeah. now shown in science to be the case. Not only that, but from an evolutionary perspective, Muscle is a metabolically expensive thing that the body doesn't want excess of because it's like, hey, if we get into a starvation mode, we're going to die faster because all this muscle. So that's why we have myostatin to, to keep muscle under control. But when you're eating those six meals a day and you're getting 30, 40 grams of protein per meal, the same thing happens with muscle. Body goes, oh, it's really not a, a, it's not a, a, wor- a worrisome thing to put on muscle because this guy's eating six times a day and we're getting 300 grams of protein a day. Yeah. yeah like, so yeah. There, there really is. So almost- there's magic in the multiple meal format that bodybuilders knew decades ago. Vince Geronda knew it. Yeah. Jack LaLanne <laughs> knew it. They all knew it. They all knew it. 
Well, you know, on that level too, brother, one of the things, just so all of the listeners out there don't misunderstand, what you're saying is totally correct, but people fall into the trap, okay, I'm going to eat six meals a day, but they're not looking at the nutrient value. Right. You can put, you can put six you know, meals into the stomach that don't give the body a quarter you know, so let's just say you, you had six meals of a thousand calories that was not hot, not nutrient rich. Then you had six meals of 500 calories that was nutrient rich. The body would take the 500 calories nutrient rich every time because all it's trying to do is get rid of all the crap that doesn't help it in those empty calories, so to speak. I want to, I want to take that up on this, the, the other side of this break. And the reason I want to talk about that on the other side of this break is because for years, People have tried to promote if it fits your macros. And what we find oh, out is God. if it fits your macros <laughs> and it's crap, you still stay fat. So I want to talk about that when we yeah. come back. Stay tuned. We're talking with John Anderson. His website is john-anderson.com. Get yourself a copy of the Deep Water Training Method. It's free. It will help you reach your goals. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive. Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon 1 com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Wanting to try CBD but not sure what to trust? Check out H-Hemp. H, like healthy, happy, honest. H-Hemp CBD system makes it simple with one CBD tincture, available in three great-tasting flavors, a super-powerful breath spray that GQ Magazine named a top CBD product, and a topical CBD balm that is simply the bomb. Relax and feel better naturally with the H-Hemp CBD system, available at hemp.com. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. 
Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon One. Go to RedconOne.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to SuperhumanRadio.net and click the Redcon One banner ad today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. Getting stronger and having more muscle confer benefits to men and women that improve the quality of their lives and make them live longer and stay healthier. And this free ebook can help you live longer and be healthier by teaching you how to build muscle and strength the fastest. A man who has made a career at being strong and using his body as his tool, John Hansen. Uh, I want to talk about if it fits your macros for a second. Then I want to talk about your wrestling career. So, yeah. Um, for years, people thought if it fits your macros, McDonald's, uh, uh, Pop Tarts, and all that sort of stuff could fit into your diet. But these people never ever have the ability to uh, reach the leanness that they need to reach, and that's because there's a hormonal response to certain foods that is ignored when all we do is look at macros. Agree or disagree? Uh, I mean, it's the bottom line is, is if you eat, uh, you know, the, the, if it fits your macros, the principles, eat what you want. If it doesn't have nutrient value, the body doesn't care that you ate it. You know, it's, 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 the body's never going to thrive without having a nutrient value and nutrient value. Just, they, they don't really talk much about that. In, if it fits your macros. Right. Right. <laughs> clearly, right. clearly we're talking pop tarts. There's no value there. That's been to the tongue. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Totally your, let's talk about your wrestling career for a second. So, how did you get into wrestling? I mean, you you were body, were you a bodybuilder first or a strongman first? So basically, I was a strongman first, and um, you know, I had a, a great run, great time in my life. Uh, ended up having a back surgery, and uh, you know, my my agent at the time said, "Hey." Uh, you know, it looks like what they're telling us about this surgery is that you, you had, I had uh, one completely ruptured disc and I had two bulge discs above it. And they said, look, those, the, the second one above is ready to, is ready to rupture also. So he's telling you, if you go back to, into competing a strongman, you're going to be back on his table in 12 to 18 months. He said, so if you want to continue what we're doing, we're going to have to change our focus. I'm okay. What? You know, I mean, I've worked so hard to, you know, be this big, strong guy and make a living. You know, I was, again, I was scared to death. It was over. Right. And he said, well, he said, uh, pro wrestling, you know, cause at that time I was 35 years old, 34 years old, mm-hmm. some mid thirties. And, uh, yeah, I was 35, excuse me. And anyway, so I was like, you know, pro wrestling. I never, the only time I watched pro wrestling was just to see the big yoked up dudes. I never paid attention to what they were doing. Right. I didn't know anything about it. Right. And he's all, well, he's all, I researched it. <clears throat> and in Japan, they have this style of wrestling called strong style, which means it's much more physical. physical. Yeah. Much Meaning more physical. Yeah. You can, you can, you can look and see when you watch say WWE or TNA, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's everybody. Yeah, up, yeah. When know, when they're when they're play. when they're pile driving you, they're holding you uh, with their legs yeah, on their and shoulders, it's, and it's like you know, they, there's all these little tricks that minimize. They look, these guys get injured too, but it, it, it's not intended to to injure them, and it's supposed to yeah. minimize the risk of injury. But what you're talking about is like really muscling guys to the ground. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely still predetermined outcome. 
so because there's you know that. So even if so even if you were, even if you were kicking this guy's ass for the past like ten minutes, then something has to happen where you slip on a banana peel and he wins. Exactly. That's hilarious. That that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, so basically, you know, I had no experience. So my agent put, and I can, I had to completely cover this up when I was in, inside my wrestling career. I basically, my my agent basically straight out made a fake resume and started sending it to Japanese wrestling companies. And uh, we got a whole bunch of response just because I just how I looked. But then right. when it came down to finding out, you know, how long has he been doing it? We just we didn't have a lot of concrete answers for him, but we had. A company that said, okay, we'll give this guy a shot. And so my agent calls us and said, hey, he goes, I got you a mini tour, which means you're going to be there for, you know, about 10 days. You're going to have four or five matches. And right. it's a mini tour contract. So it's, it, if it works well, they're going to sign you. If it doesn't, you're done. He said, the way these Japanese wrestling companies work, if you, if you shit the bed, they're all going to know about it. Right. So you right. got to go over there. You got, it's, it's on the line. It's just up to you. And so <clears throat> I went over there and, uh, you know, I mean, literally, my first match in the Japanese ring in a pay-per-view was like my... I had to do like six matches in a high school gym. You know, the ones where you got like 60 people sitting around a ring in the middle of the gym, you know? Right, right. <laughs> to, get, to get footage. Like, like, it, like, in the mo- like in the movie Wrestler that Mickey Rourke did, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so I had to do like six of those to get footage to, to be able to send it over to... For my agent to send over. And uh, he, he said, listen, so... My seventh match was in the ring at a pay-per-view in a big arena in Japan. I was scared to death. But here again, that's what I've been my whole life. That's what makes me perform. And I got in there. And, you know, to be honest, I, I was so scared. I was just, I was really tuning the dude up accidentally. Because I was, you know, through, at that time, you know, I was hot out of my strongman career, about 315, you know, just strong as a house. <laughs> right. And, uh, but they loved it. You know, I mean, I bloodied this Japanese guy up. We get back to the locker room. He's hugging me, high fiving me, and the management came and said that was great. Because he you knows know, he, like, he knows that his his contract rate just went up too because he played that. Yes, you know he, he did that so well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, at the end, uh, I you know I came home and I was like, shit, I'm I'm at the airport. I'm dropped off. I'm like, damn it, you know I didn't get a contract. And I get home and the email's waiting for me. I was like, oh baby, here we go. I guess I did enough. So how long how long <laughs> so, did you end up living in in Japan? So you actually commute because you know I got a family here, and uh-huh, um, right. l- lucky for me in the time frame, my little girls in the house were itty bitty. You know right. they were, you know, I mean of course they remember me leaving, but they have very little recollection. We, you know, I took them on the road a few times, and and they don't even remember a ton of it. You know, so that's the age they were in. But uh, so I was over there for two three weeks, then I'd come home for two three weeks. So that was kind of the rhythm. It was almost like fireman schedule. Whatever you work for, you get the same, basically the same amount of time. Time off, off right? And yeah, <clears throat> because you come home, and let me tell you, you're you're coming home, and they've worked you. They've got everything out of you. They can get out of you for that tour, right? And uh, so then, you know, that whole thing went. And I, they hooked me up, so I had a tag team partner, and uh, <clears throat> they call this Muscle Orchestra. Which <laughs> sounds goofy here, but the Japanese ate it up, and. Uh, we ended up getting a whole bunch of tag. We got we won the best tag team in Japan. I can't remember what year it was, 2011 or something like that. And we were really, I mean, we were doing killer. I mean, we were literally our tag team was getting so popular so fast. Our merchandising was kicking butt. And then my partner breaks his neck in the ring, 
Oh my God. Oh man. You know, I mean, and, and keep in mind, this is a guy, they tagged us up because I was a legitimate strongman prior. He actually represented Japan in Greco Roman wrestling. Oh, so wow. He we was were, a legitimate we wrestler. Were two, yeah. We were two legitimate studs in there, and the people ate us up. And he did this freaking whopping German suplex to this dude. And, you know, he was so strong. It was German suplexes, literally, where you're bringing somebody back straight. You land on the top of your head. And, mm. Basically, the idea is that, you know, the other guy hits, you know, he's basically, you're landing him on right on the, right the back of his neck at the same time your head hits. Oh, man. And if your head hits two inches too soon, you got your weight and his weight coming down. And on bam, your neck. He just went limp, yeah. just limp. And he, I could see something's wrong. And he starts kind of moving around trying to get up. And immediately the ref just whistled at that because you could see he was, he was, you know, he wasn't there. I mean, he was, he was just, he was so tough mentally. He was trying to get up, but his stuff wasn't working. <laughs> did he recover? Did he recover from that? Did he recover from it? He did. He did, but he was never the same. And so our tag team never really recovered either. So they, they gave him a new tag team partner and we had a good run too, but it was never that same lightning in a bottle. So, I basically got released. I uh, did about just about uh, right about seven years in my career. I got released, and uh, I could smell it coming, man. You know, it's like you can kind of tell when you're when that rumble of of, of you or your tag team is coming to an end. And the, the new tag team never took off. So the next thing you know, they start bringing in some other big guys. I'm like, all right, my, yeah. <laughs> my days are numbered here. So I told myself, hey, when you go home. You know, you're, you're not going to sit there and start scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're going to, you, you got to where you want to go. You're going to, you're going to go out to where you wanted to be. Right. You know, I'm not going to be going back to the high school gyms. <clears throat> and right. So came home and, um, at that point I'm 42. And so I was like, well, I mean, I'm that thing inside me is of just needing something to overcome is still wide open. And I've been told my whole life I look like a bodybuilder, even in my strongman career and my wrestling career. What the hell? Yeah, so, you, so. you, you, and Marius Pudanowski. You know what I mean? Like you guys, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah. you guys are ripped already. You've got great balance yeah. and great symmetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so basically, I started my knowing that I, I mean, I didn't know for sure, but I could kind of tell in my gut that I was going to get released. So my last tour, uh, it was the end of two thousand thirteen or fourteen. I started kind of dialing in my my uh, my process to do my first bodybuilding show. Came home, did my first bodybuilding show in the spring of that following year. The Governor's Cup, which is a big boy up here in Northern California, won that just, just I mean, completely destroyed the competition. It wasn't wow. close. And then I realized, okay, God, I, I guess I am. I guess I do have some potential here. So I went right to the next national won my pro card. So I became a pro and I was a pro on my second contest, which puts me in a school of, I believe like five or less people that have ever done that in the IFBB. And, uh, so I'm now it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I, as that fat little boy, I dreamed of having one of my careers. I, I did, I, as a fat little boy, I didn't even have a dream big enough because That's all of the overcoming, all of the overcoming, you know, obstacles and hurdles and all the things that I did, to basically, you know, become the pro strongman, it, it was just, I didn't realize how powerful those tools were. 
you know, now I'm 47, but I still compete in the open and in the IFBB. And there's, there's not very many of us, very many of us who still are competitive right. in the open class <clears throat> over 45. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, I'll tell you, it's been, a, I'm here again. I, I attribute my success to that rough start I had in life. Learning to, being forced to learn to overcome obstacles is right. literally what gave me the, the tools to do what I'm doing. And a lot of times when, you know, when you talk, when I talk to, you know, people or that young boy I'm trying to inspire or, um, you know, even a client, you know, my way of thinking is different. And they start to, you can start to see, okay, he, he doesn't just look at things like everybody else. He, he looks at more of the human nature of things. And I really am a believer in using, you know, human instinct and human nature to your benefit, not right. working against you. And most people never look that far. You know, like when I build a program for somebody and I say, look, I'm going to get your body to thrive and you're going to stay, it's going to stay there. And part of it is because I'm going to build your program around your personal instinct, right. your personal instinct, your personal human instinct if it's driving what we're doing, you're never going to stop. Yeah, because compliance. Because let's be honest, compliance is the biggest obstacle of anyone reaching any goals. You have to do things yes. long enough yes. to see results, yes. and most people bail or they start program jumping. But if you do something yes. that's easy for them to do, they're more likely to comply with it. Hence the simplicity of my program, hence learning to teach them to – rip the body fat off them without cardio. Now, keep in mind, I say cardio because I use cardio as almost like a four-letter F word because most people use it like, damn it, I got to do like two hours of cardio today. See, if, if you, something you have to do, just like you said, something that you have to do every day you don't want to, every man has that day where says, I don't give a damn, I'm not doing that again today. And that's the start of the breakdown right. versus if your program is designed to where everything about it, you enjoy what you don't stop. If you love to go to the movies on Thursday nights, why are you going to stop? If you can't stand going to the movies on Thursday night, eventually you're going to stop. Yeah. You're not going to want to do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing with, with people, you know, unfortunately our, our industry, <clears throat> the fitness industry, it's, it's a billion dollar industry. And, you know, for them to convince us that we need all of these products that are going to, you know, do these things that are going to make us better. It's in their best interest. And the problem is people end up looking too much for that lightning in a bottle, that magic button. And really when it comes down to it, the magic button is lives inside them, not inside GNC. Yep. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. And those of you listening to the podcast, Go to john-anderson.com and sign up and get immediately sent to you an amazing, I mean, a lot of information. This isn't one of those six-page e-books, people call it an e-book, and it's actually just a brochure. I'm 85, brother. 85 yeah, I know. This, and you can see, yeah, there's a lot of really great information here. Like, this is what I think I'm going to start using now that I'm training again. Um, you know, yeah, And, you know, just so that people can get it, if you could to kind of explain the goofy spelling of my first and last name, because that's the biggest hiccup to people trying to find my, uh, trying to get my ebook. Cause a lot of times they'll misspell my name. Eventually they'll find me on the net, but it's easier if they can just know the spelling. Yeah. So, yeah. Just go right to the website. My, yeah. And then you have some other things yeah, my, on the website too, that need to be, uh, I want to ask you a couple questions before I let you go. So you also have something else about the monster mind. What is that about? Oh, 
Oh, man, okay. So now we're getting... <clears throat> so the monster mindset is basically... So I realized that... So deep water being my philosophy in terms of training and dieting and everything is... I mean, it, it, it is clear. That's the flagship. But I started to realize that it was very... I mean, people work with me individually. I can coach them into understanding all of this, this new way of thinking, this new way of doing things, no problem. But people that are not working with me one-on-one, there just wasn't enough clarity on the mental aspect of what we're talking. I mean, even like the overcoming hurdles part, you know, there's people just don't look at this stuff. So the monster mindset is basically, it's, it's really what it comes down to. It's a, it's a program that's designed to help people tap into the power of the mind. Because if you think about most of what we talked about in this, this show so far has been mental strength right. and, and how to, per, how to perceive things, how to overcome things. And that starts with the mind, the body, the body will follow the mind, but the mind's got to be a strong leader. And uh, so the monster mindset is really designed for people to be enlightened on kind of that. It's almost like the, the foundation the, of, of the, the thought process that will really, really help you reach your goals. And then when you take say monster mindset, the, the train of thought, you all already are going to see how quickly that applies itself into deep water. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, I mean, the monster mindset I made to where it's also going to be a standalone thing too. But the bottom line is that that whole project was designed to help people understand how powerful the mind is and how much progress they can make, even though they don't think they can. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's what the monster mindset's all about. It's about unleashing your monster mindset. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, and everybody's the, got the, it. And you know, and you know something, uh, that also comes with training more too. So the more you train, the more often you find yourself in deep water, the more often you survive those events, the, the monster mindset, because I remember when I was at my strongest, what, so not only was I strong in the gym, but I just felt like there was nothing I couldn't crush in life at that moment in time. And that, yeah. and that comes from, that is the extrinsic value of training and adapting and pushing your body and adapting and pushing your body. All of a sudden, you know how many bodybuilders have used the word feel like King Kong? You, know, you, just, got, you just got finished deadlifting. You're walking out of the gym. You feel like King Kong. Yeah, you really do <laughs> feel like King Kong because you feel like there's nothing that, I, that would get in my way right now that I can't handle. Yeah. That's mental. That's yeah. all mental. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it just, I mean, it, I love our way of thinking. It was so similar, brother. I mean, literally this whole show, of course, we're talking about training and, and how the body adapts and all this, but it, it's, I would say 90% of what we talked about has been the mental aspect of this whole thing yep. and how the, the body actually responds and how the body's programmed and all this stuff. And if people understood this deeper it would make all, because I tell people all the time, listen, reaching your goals physically in terms of having a good physique and getting strong and getting lean and all this stuff, these are nothing more than positive side effects of putting your body in a state where it will perform at its highest level. And, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's, 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 so, it's so much more than just the skin. You know, people look at training as, as a physical thing, and I say, okay, first, yes, you can see the physicality. The next step is it goes to your mental side, the mental toughness, the, the mental desire, the, 
the you know the mental fortitude, the tenacity. Once you've committed deep into both of those, what happens is, and I'm not talking religion, I'm talking about spirituality. The spirit kind of wraps that together. Yeah. Now you're when you're immersed in this, you just like anything else. If you're going to be a good stockbroker, you've got to immerse yourself in being a good stockbroker. You can't be sitting there looking at a, you know, a, at a, you know, some sort of an entertainment value magazine or a Playboy when you're trying to be a good stockbroker. You're one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. You're never going to be that totally immersed stockbroker because you've never committed all the way. Well, the training, nutrition, the gym, getting in shape, quality of life is really what I try to tell people. Look, I'm going to help you create this ripping quality of life that you've never experienced before. And then all of what you came to hire me for, that's going to happen as a positive side effect. Right. And it's like they get so much more than they ever dreamed about. When energy's up, they get up before the alarm, they sleep like a baby, they're happier. You know, men at our age have far better libido. I mean, there's all these things that they didn't even know that were starting to fade away in their lives. And on top of it, they're buying smaller, you know, they're having to buy smaller belts. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. My, my people say, look, you know, the, the, only, the only problem I have is I didn't find you 10 years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, get I, started wish, sooner. I so wish there was more people out there who preach this stuff because it would really start to open the eyes of the, the masses who are, you know, you know, wasting time, energy, and money, and frustrated, and filling themselves with doubt, and saying, I can't. It's largely because they've just, they've never really had the right guidance, you know? Like you and I, our guidance was kind of, was forced on us from, you know, from a troubled early life. Right. You know, people that just kind of cruise through early life, They've never they've never been forced to overcome things daily. So you know, and I never, and I got to tell you the truth. I never and I never gave it much thought until you started saying that. I thought you know it's true. I had to learn how to cope with that sort of stuff at yes. a very young age. I, I remember, and I may have told this story on the air once before, but I remember coming home one day without my sneakers on. Um, because <laughs> I used to ride the city bus to and from school, and. And my mother said to me, where are your sneakers? I said, this Puerto Rican kid took them from me. <laughs> they were brand new PF Flyers. <laughs> Remember PF Flyers? Oh, they no. make you jump yeah, jump yeah. higher, run fast. And they were brand new. Oh, my yeah. mother didn't want to buy them for me. She wanted to be, you know, Converse All-Stars were the cheap sneakers back then. Cons were what you wore. Yeah. And so, and I made her buy me these PF Flyers. And I swear, I had them for maybe the weekend. And it was probably a Monday or Tuesday. I'm coming home from school and this kid says to me, what size are your sneakers? I said, eight and a half. He goes, take them off. <laughs> I was like, what? Take them off. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't stand up for myself. I took my sneakers off. I walked home in my socks. And my mother goes, where are your sneakers? I said, some kid took them from me on the bus. She didn't believe me. She goes, did you forget, oh, really? your, did you forget your sneakers at school? I says, no. <laughs> a, a kid took them from me. Oh, come on. You always forget your sweaters. And, your, and I'm like, mom. <laughs> How do you forget your friggin' sneakers? You don't take them off in school. It's not like you got to take them off like your jacket. She didn't believe well, me. That's some kid. Wanted, you wanted those so badly. I know. Why would you I know, man. So and it was like they were gone in a heartbeat. So you know, I never really thought about this. I, you know, I have always been able to overcome uh, problems in my life as an adult, and I never attributed it to being forced to overcome problems when I was a kid. Oh, brother. Isn't it crazy? It's yeah. so true. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. You yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's, it's becomes, an, it's here, we talked about human instinct. 
you know, for me, it sounds like for you too, overcoming hurdles and obstacles becomes just a human instinct. Yeah, okay. it's, just, it's just like, it's like everything else. It's like watching Gilligan's yeah. Island after school. Like, it's, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know my, in my mind, I think, okay, this is going to hurt. How, let, let's just figure out the best way through this. Let's go. Right. You know, I don't sit around and procrastinate about it. I know the longer I sit there and wait, the longer it delays. I'm in the middle of it. I get waist deep in something real quick. Right? I say to myself, if I think about something, more than five seconds, I'm mad at myself. I'm pissed. Now I'm going ahead first because that that that's the beginning. That procrastination is the beginning of the that negative cancer that will chew up all of these you know, these things that have, have that I've basically learned to adapt to that I want to keep. Yeah, you know. No, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, John, it's been wonderful spending time with you on the phone. And, yes, next, and next, I, and next I, time we'll get the next time we'll get the cameras set up because people yeah, need to see you. They need to see yes, you. Yes, that, that's my my sincere apologies. That one thing I I am, have very difficult overcoming is my is my technical challenges. Yeah, uh, you're you're, so you're not alone. Next, Don't worry about it. You're not alone. <laughs> so next time for sure, I'll have I'll make sure that I get some help with the tech with the technology that we need to get me. So we got the cameras going. Yeah, that would be great. I would love it. I had a ball with you today, and I'm ready to come back on your show anytime you'll have me, brother. John-Anderson, it's J-O-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N.com. Go there and get the deep water training method today for free. Don't waste a minute because there's really good information. I can tell you right now, I'm diving into this book tonight because I'm going to start using it tomorrow. John, thanks a lot, brother. Rock and roll, baby. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate your time, Carl. You're the best. Uh, have talk, a great day, we'll Talk soon. Talk soon. All right, and that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. I have Come At Me Bro tomorrow. Uh, you can join me on Facebook Live tomorrow. I'm going to answer any and all questions. I don't care. As long as they're about me, I'm not going to answer questions about other people. But I will not dodge any questions. And there are already some really difficult ones. Someone wants to know how an old shoe face like me landed a hot chick like the lovely and talented Elisa Profumo. I will answer that question. I don't find it insulting. I know my face looks like a shoe. <laughs> you don't, you're not telling me anything I don't know. I see it every morning in the mirror. But uh, post your questions. Uh, there's a, on Facebook, there are posts on my personal wall, on the Superhuman uh, Radio Network wall, and on Superhuman Nation wall that you can post questions and I will answer them tomorrow or show up. And post your question live during the show. That's going to be tomorrow at noon. Uh, come at me, bro. Uh, see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening today.